1: It's time for the B-A-Q-A-A. Mm. The B-A-Q-A, what you say? Mm-mm. The B-A-Q-A with mandate. mandate. The B-A-Q-A with Tiffany. The B A Q A New
0: Year. Hello, beloved B-A-Q-A listeners. Yeah. Let's get we back, in Ooh, mm-hmm. back, it
1: back in the stew. Oh, I forgot that word. We're bringing back in the stew.
0: I was also blown away by how many questions we had when we came back from the holiday. I was girl. like,
1: y'all were busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Getting your lights in order and asking us to help.
1: Back in the day, help. we used to have to ask each other questions. Now you guys want to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good. We got some juicy money questions. If you guys want to submit a question to the show, you know how to do it. Go to IG and slide into our DMs. If you'd like a chance to be seen in the studio in person and get your answers question live or wait, answers answer wait questions answered live wow baby brain then submit a voice note through ig you get 60 seconds to make your pitch for your question and producer imani may reach out to you and invite you on the show otherwise you can go old-fashioned and email us for brown
1: ambition podcast at gmail.com we're gonna do some moolah questions uh this week money honey i'm gonna jump right in with ronia is that right no well ron i saw ronla Girl, that- You added like three different letters to (laughs) that. I swear I can read. Ronla says, enjoying your content as per usual. Quick question. Um, What hurts your credit score more? Lack of credit mix or low available credit that affects the debt to income ratio and K? Why? Keep up the great work. Ronla, great question. Well, Ronla, um, there are five components to your credit score, right? And so these are two of the components and they're literally on the opposite ends. So credit mix is 10% of your score. So credit mix just means, do you have a mix of ways that you're borrowing and paying back money? So one of the ways is revolving debt, that's basically credit card debt. You know, you pay it off, you could use it again, pay it off, pay, use it again. There's also, um, um oh, it's a loan, but I forget the way like the, um no, what is the, how do they oh, say installment,
0: installment. Installment loans. Yes, yeah,
1: installment yeah. loans. So that's just like, you know, I have a student loan debt, or I've got um a car note, and then I pay it every month until it pays off, right? So they like to see a credit mix. Um, and here's the reason why. Let's just say you say, like Mandy says, No, let's do me because I'm not a good cook. Let's just say, I'm like, well, I'm a good cook. I don't like you like, and Mandy says, what you make, girl? I was like, um um spaghetti you know and like what else girl um um you know <laughs> some other pasta dish and it's like girl you ain't a good cook you good at noodles right because it it doesn't show that i have a wide range of experience in doing a wide range of dishes so i'm not really a good cook the same thing for your credit if you only have, you're like oh i have five different credit cards it's like okay great you're good at revolving debt not necessarily other types of way to borrow and pay back okay but that's only 10 percent. you don't have to do anything there except for live a little longer right as somebody's grandma would say you just got live child because as you get older you will incorporate naturally different types of debt so that's 10 percent. now 30 percent is your, um, basically amounts owed you know meaning how much when you said how much credit do you have available that's basically amounts owed meaning what you could borrow from what you have borrowed that's huge and that's usually the thing that's taking people's score because 35% is like payment history meaning like do you pay off every month do you pay off in full that's great but you know people don't realize that even if you're making your monthly payments on time if you keep high balances in relation to your limits then you're taking your score ideally if you want to raise your score you want to be under fifteen ten percent meaning if you have a hundred dollar limit on your card no more than five ten dollars fifteen ten dollars on your on your card you know if you want to maintain your score you can stay at about the thirty percent mark and and you'll be fine and so the reason why it's it's more uh, that I, I suspect credit bureaus think it's more important is because you know if you owe too much then you're then you you are more likely to default and not pay people back, versus if you have a variety of people that you owe, you know the credit mix. And so, like owing too much in relationship to what you could borrow, puts you in a really dangerous space. That if you lose your job, if you have some sort of crisis that comes up, that you're likely to not be able to pay anybody back. So, Ronla, hope that's helpful. Anything, Mandy, that I missed? That I missed from now on?
0: Yeah, it was really hard to keep my credit utilization uh, low early when I was, I remember when I was younger because my limits were so low and I didn't really know how to use cards yet, but that gets easier, the higher your limits are. And also I will say, um, if you have a lot of revolving credit card debt and it's tanking your score because it's like high in relation to your available limit, then maybe it's, you could look into a, um, a personal loan because like a debt consolidation loan, because a debt consolidation loan is, is not revolving. That's an installment loan. It's a fixed, like you have fixed payments. You're going to pay it off a certain, you know, after a certain period of time. So it helps you in two ways. Like it will immediately lower your, um, the balance that you're revolving on credit cards. And then it also gives you that mix of different kinds of credit. But that's of course, like you have to look at your own situation and, you know, to like compare credit card apr rates like how expensive is your credit debt versus you know a debt consolidation loan and what rate you can get and then actually pay that loan off because like some people get debt consolidation loans you paid on your credit cards and then you're like oh i'm debt free <laughs> but no you're not debt free <laughs> um but yeah good 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 solid question
1: yes keeping questions coming what do we have next mandy
0: Oh, well, should we take a quick break and come back Ooh, with question number two? We should. It's a doozy. All right. BRB, y'all. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Hey, hey, BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay. It's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time-consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay? Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes, I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay? So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Brown That's rocketmoney.com slash Brown Rocketmoney.com slash Brown Ambition.
0: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about All right. We are back with number two, a question from listener L who sent us an email. Okay. L says, Hey, Mandy and Tiffany, I am a home owning single 40 something with no kids. I have a decent job with a good income of about $90,000 a year. Prior to this year, I was a public school teacher and I just started to, and I decided to, uh, I decided when I started the new job to keep living as if my salary hadn't changed much. Oh, I love that. I have money automatically deposited into specific savings accounts, but my emergency account took a hit when I had to replace my AC unit earlier this year. So unfortunately all my accounts are in a building stage. As I mentioned, I own a home and ideally I'd like to own a couple of homes, but I think it'll take me so long to build enough income to afford another one that I don't want to wait. My alternative is to sell the house I currently own and rent a place wherever I want, no longer tied to any one specific location. But I'm afraid that letting go of this house will be a big mistake and that renting will open me up to a vulnerability that I haven't experienced. How do I know if selling my home is right for me? Thank you, Al. Oof, That's interesting. Okay, so she she's like wanting to potentially sell her home, move into a rental,
1: so that she has income to buy another couple of homes. Yes, and so like uh I'm just listening to reading her PS about like her I guess her house has flooded since then. And she was inspired to send this letter after after listening to me purchasing a condo and wanting to be a rich auntie. She's like, I want that too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, because it just added some more context. Yeah. So, hmm... Well, let me take a step back, back, back. So what are you thinking, Mandy? Like, if you take a step back, like... <laughs>
0: I mean, I <laughs> feel like, like renting... I'm, I'm I'm, trying to follow her thought process. I guess what she's thinking is if I rent a place, it'll be cheaper than maybe the cost of a home and I can save more for my, for a new property. And maybe there's so much equity in her home that she has. I'm wondering, does she need to sell it or could she use like a yes. home equity loan? Girl, um, I was thinking... Okay, good, good, good. Because I'm like, I'm trying to like pieces together. Yeah, if you if you want to leverage the equity in your home to then purchase a second property, you know, a lot of ways that people do that is you can take out a home equity loan and then use that um, that loan as a down payment you know on your next property i mean and and i'm assuming you'd want to like rent out that other property which can be a great source of additional income so um i'm like i don't know i am more a, opposed to like selling the not opposed but like i'm a little like take a pause about selling the house and maybe see if you can yeah leverage that loan home equity loan to to have to have the funds to to buy another property
1: because if you, L, which it sounds like you did, purchased your home before 2019, you likely have a lot of equity. Because remember the houses, the prices, they didn't run them up and you in Florida, I know they ran your prices up. Meaning that you have a lot more, like almost unnatural equity, even though home prices have come down, it's only like the new ones, you know like not like the houses that were bought prior to 2019 they got a a, a, their normal boost plus the supercharged boost you know Um, so I just say all that to say that like you probably have um, equity in this home and ultimately when we're making decisions and I'm in this space now thinking to myself like do I want to get this condo what do I want to do yada 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 Um, that you have to ask yourself money is supposed to do what's best for you you are not supposed to do what's best for money i'm talking to me and you l because i almost missed out on purchasing this epic condo we'll see it's still on the you know still negotiating because i wanted to get a super deal and i underbid And so, because in my mind, I was putting money before what Tiffany wanted, which is not always a bad thing if you need to be in a financial space, you know? But I'm okay. And it's like, Tiffany, what is it that you want for Tiffany? And I want this place. So then I have to spend more money. And so I'm just telling you, Elle, I want you to get clear on what does Elle want in general? And so, because you can p- potentially get that, and to Mandy's point, you might say, you know what, because I know you have flooding or whatever, you might fix the house, let someone else pay the mortgage and rent it out. And if you want to go rent someplace else by yourself, you can still do that. You could own your home, allow it to continue to grow Yeah, yeah equity. I like that idea. You know, let the the streets pay. Let them girls pay. You know, and then you can live wherever you want and your Airbnb, you can live that fancy life while, because the truth of the matter is home ownership is still a cornerstone for wealth in the U.S. of A. You know, like, because I'll give you an example. I, my husband and I, and you know, Darrell and I, we had purchased this property from the city for $10,000. Okay, it was a teardown basically. But we put $130,000 into that house. We've just now, that was... I bought that house less than five years ago, just sold it to his twin brother for basically 300,000, like 295, 300,000. So you think to yourself, basically put 140 into it, got back, we doubled. That's what real estate can potentially, not every market can potentially do, you know, or what I could have done is I could have just rented it out and pulled money out to do whatever I wanted to do. So I'm just saying that when you have real estate, you have the opportunity for that level of flexibility. So before you like throw this house out the window, I'm going to sell it. Really consider maybe I should just rent it out and see what like this rent life outside of this looks like.
0: Yeah and I, I'm wondering too if like I get the sense because she's so she was inspired by your story like the rich the rich auntie life and she's 40 no kids like girl live the dream not the dream but like a different dream, <laughs> a different dream. <laughs> don't you wish you kind of had it both ways anyway yeah I and and like you got this new job I really want to know I'm so fascinated by the public school teacher like journey and I want to know what your new job is and how you got it because I'm just fascinated anyway but I'm like if this is what you and you sound like you know renting what you like is you're not no longer tie, uh, tied to just one place. If you want some freedom, there's nothing stopping you from renting for a while, figuring out where, if you want to buy a property somewhere else, if you want to live in that property and just have some freedom. Um, you mentioned like the vulnerabilities that renting could open you up to. And I don't know what vulnerabilities, they may be different than ho- owning a home. I don't know, Like Tiff, what do you think? Like potential eviction if you if you can't make your rent payments well, but then you have would a house. I say like,
1: you know, with renting, I mean, I, to, to me, there's financial vulnerabilities because you don't really grow, grow anything. And it, it's not necessary depending on, because I, I mean, remit, me, I can almost hear in my head, eh, homeowners here doesn't always equate to what I know, remit. We knew. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in New York, that makes sense because the amount that you're going to spend or pay, you know, because, you know, owning in, in New York, it actually probably makes more sense in New York City to rent, you know, in a long financial run but you know for mo- many parts of the country that's not necessarily true so I just think that like I want you to have both I want you to have like if you notice even though I'm leaning into my rich auntie life I'm still the budgetista at the end of the day right mm-hmm. sold that house double my money you know it was like but I'm still keeping the house I live in right now because uh, uh-uh, I put this house I bought for 180 put 180 into it what was that 360 the house is now worth well over 450 but I'm not selling it I'm keeping it because it's going to continue to raise, uh, you know, my sister and her kids will will live in here and and I'll like likely live in the condo. That condo, you know, I'm, we're closing around the 500,000, you know, um mark, but I suspect, you know, in 5 to 10 years that place will be worth more although I'm not necessarily going to be selling it. You know, so I'm just saying that like as you are pursuing the softer rich auntie life, it has to be fueled by financial wisdom. You know so just keep that in mind as you're making these decisions that we're not just here like remember you're here to tell money what to do but you want to be telling your money what to do like hey money this is the life i want to live let me be smart in these choices so but welcome sis it's cute over here (laughs) yeah
0: well thank you so much for sending your question into oh crap what's her name l elaine L. L. L, that was really great of you to send a question thank you so much i want to know my follow-up question is like what was your career pivot from being a school teacher because i love that kind of stuff and keep us posted all right, on your journey, rich auntie journey. I feel like we have a lot of rich aunties listening to Brown Ambition. What, Girl, right let's in. Let's hear we for the rich exchange. aunties. We
1: need to exchange. Um, I'm new to this rich auntie life. Well, you know, I, well, that's not true. I've been a rich auntie for a minute, but I was a married rich auntie. So now that I'm a single rich auntie, I'm like, what y'all do out here? Like, what what else should I be up to? I'm like, I think I want to take up crocheting. I know that doesn't sound as fancy, but I'm like, what happens? it's I good, good enough it for to?
0: Michelle Obama, it's good enough for anyone, okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, um, like, I don't drink I'm in wine, my. but look. Like,
0: I'm in my, we got food at home stage. That's the stage I'm in. (laughs) Just ask my husband every day this week. I'm like, the menu will be uh, leftovers.
1: I love it.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, we'll see y'all next week for more Brown Ambition. Send us your questions and we will see y'all later. Talk to you later. Bye. (coughs) Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Emission Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week.